Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Teaching Tactics Podcast. I'm Chris Kent and I'm joining Chris Bean. Mr. Bean? Hello, sir. Today we're going to be talking about the best martial arts instructor in the world. The best martial arts instructor in the world. So, Mr. Bean, um, what does the best martial arts instructor in the world look like to you? Well, I think the best martial arts instructor in the world has confidence, charisma. They are a good speaker, a good leader. They are somebody who you want to be around, somebody who you want to be able to soak up all the information they have so that you're not missing out on anything. Do you have any qualities you think to add to that? I think on top of all that, uh, a great, uh, which some of this could fall into the categories you already mentioned, but I think a strong sense of humility and a, a very strong knowledge of what they're doing and why they're doing it so confidence sure confidence, confidence. What well, are... uh, well maybe i don't know i think you can be confident and be not good at what you're doing or be confident and that would take away from humility uh, so maybe the right kind of confidence however you define that but confidence within check confidence within check sure sure, sure. okay what are we do or what, what what are we to do if we don't fit into some of these different categories? Just give up. <laughs> I, that is one one choice I guess we can do. Another another way, you know, we can approach the teaching floor like we would approach a, uh, an acting job, like we're in a play. And anytime we're on the floor teaching, we are in the role of that best martial arts instructor in the world. And so while we're on the floor, we need to try to care about and bring about and show those different qualities that the best martial arts instructor in the world would have. And the qualities that we laid out aren't the necessarily the ones that you may think that a best, the best martial arts instructor in the world would have. Those are just the qualities that we think that they would have everybody's best martial arts instructor in the world, I think will be a little bit different because everybody has their own different take their own different outlook and, and different things that they want to be while they're on the teaching floor. And they think that they would have different qualities that a best martial arts instructor in the world would possess. And so the qualities that we laid out aren't necessarily the, the tried and true one and only qualities that that person would have. Those are just the ones that we would attribute to that person. And so while we're on the teaching floor, if we don't necessarily have those in our day-to-day -day life or we're not necessarily outgoing or charismatic or whatever the characteristic is, while you're on the teaching floor, think about that as a instructional role or as a, as a role in a play or you're an actor. And while you're in that role, you have to have those qualities. I think that would be the way to go about filling those shoes of the best martial arts instructor in the world without necessarily having some of those qualities. Yeah. And I guess it's important from the beginning, kind of like how we started to determine or to figure out for yourself what you think the best martial arts instructor in the world looks like and have a list of those qualities that way you know what you're striving for. Because the same way we could go to a play together and you could like one actor and I can hate that same actor uh, for the same reason or different reasons. It's all, it's going to be different for every person. We're not all going to look for the same things or desire the same things in that actor or as the best martial arts instructor in the world. So 
starting off by defining what it looks like for you and having that goal and, and defining what that role will be that you're going to play as that actor uh, is probably the most important thing. And at, at the very least, it it's, gives you an opportunity to do an honest self-reflection and look back at yourself and say, okay, I feel like I'm doing a good job, but this is what I actually want to do. How well am I measuring up to those standards or those those attributes that I think I should be having or should be striving to improve? And, you know, I think this is a, a great growth opportunity for your teaching team as well. In a staff meeting, pose this question to your staff. Say, hey, what does the best martial arts instructor in the world look like to you? And, of course, they're going to have their own different versions of what they think that might be. That'll give them a roadmap to help to get them to be that best version of themselves while they're on the floor. And along with that, of course, that helps you, the the owner or the, the head instructor, whatever your role is, even if you're just another team member, that's okay because if everybody is on the same page and they're all striving to be their best version of themselves, their best instructor persona while they're on the floor, then that's something that everybody can benefit from, both the other staff members or your team members and the students as well. So we talked about this already, but while you're on the teaching floor, you are an actor in the role of the world's best martial arts instructor, and you need to have the confidence and the, uh, the charisma to tell that story. All of your students are there because they want to learn from you. You are the one who's going to improve their life through the martial arts, just as your instructor improved your life. Even if it's the thousandth time that you've taught this move and you're so bored doing the same thing over and over and over again. That's okay because it's the student's first time learning that. That's the first time they've been in that class. You need to make it fun make it exciting and play the part of the best martial arts instructor in the world. I think that obviously goes for everything, no matter what level you're teaching or how you're doing it. I, for, for somebody, it's the first time they're doing it. Even if you've done it the thousandth time or the hundredth time or the even the fiftieth time or whatever, it's it's it could be easy to fall into that trap of, oh, here I am doing the same move again, again, again. And I personally think the challenge, I personally think the most challenging part of this is, is wipeouts, beginners. Because you could have, depending on how you structure your program, you could have four new people every single class and you have to teach them the same thing that you taught the last four people the class before. And you have to do that for every single class for your whole quarter. And you're constantly teaching the same class. And if you really want to stretch or challenge yourself in this aspect of making things fun and exciting each and every class, uh, do that with that, that level because, or, or work with that level. Cause it is, it, it literally is everyone's first class. Every single time you have someone come in, it's brand new and, you could have taught it seven times yesterday and then you had to teach it another seven times today, but you can't let that show that you've taught that 14 times in a row. It needs to be fun and exciting and finding different ways and different drills and different methods of approaching that move that is effective, but also gives you a little more room to be creative and have some fun with it instead of doing the same thing over and 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 over again, because I don't care who you are, but that's going to get old sometime. And white belts is a good place to start with this because everybody that goes through your school is going to make it to white belt level, but not everybody makes it to black belt level. So keeping that fresh mindset while you're working with the white belts is really important because like you said, white belts, everybody, everybody gets there. 
everybody makes it the white belt and that should be the most fun and exciting part for everybody because everything is brand new. Unfortunately, it's not fun and exciting and brand new to you, the instructor. So while you're there, play that part, be the world's best martial arts instructor specifically or especially with those white belts because that will make a big impact on them. Now, while you're on the teaching floor, if you don't truly believe that you can play that part of the world's best martial arts instructor, if you just go in half-heartedly or you teach in a disingenuous way, your students will be able to pick up on that and they'll be able to see through the lies that you're going to be telling them and that you're telling yourself. You need to fully, genuinely care for and have a passion for not only just the martial arts, but for teaching and sharing the martial arts with your students as well. You've trained for many years to get to the rank that you have. I'm sure you put in long hours and grueling training sessions, as well as thoughtful and focused practice lessons. Teaching the martial arts is as much of a art form as performing the martial arts. So just like you put in all that time, energy, and effort into performing the martial arts, you need to put some time, energy, and effort into teaching the martial arts as well. Now, the good thing about this is it is a skill that can be learned and nurtured and developed and improved upon just like your martial arts skills. And teaching just like training isn't always the most fun. I'm sure there's classes and all of those training sessions and and all that hard work you put in, there were classes you didn't want to go to. There were classes that you started and you didn't want to be in anymore. There was classes that you hated every single second of that class. And vice versa, I'm sure there were classes that you never wanted to end. There was classes you were super excited for. There was classes that you absolutely loved every second of that class. And it's an up and down. It's a it's a it's a fluid thing. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna like everything that you do. You're not gonna hate everything that you do. Sometimes you'll be indifferent. Sometimes you just be there doing the job and that's just a part of life, I think. Transcends martial arts, but it's a resp- our responsibility and it's a, a unique situation that we're put in because as martial arts instructors on those days when we don't feel like doing it on those days when our heart's not in it or for whatever reason we just don't want to be there we have to play that part you know on the days when it's when it's it's fun and it's nice and you're motivated and you're excited it's a lot easier to play that part because you're you're ready you're you're good to go you're 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 excited about doing the class now that that doesn't mean you don't care on those on those tough days you still might care but you just don't feel like doing it and you know that's that's okay but you're going to have to put on put on that mask or play that part and still look from the outside like you are the same person you were the day before when you were on fire even if you're not on fire and you know kind of playing that game and trying to hide that aspect of it it could also motivate you or you know it could put you in a place where you're more excited to do it because you're telling yourself you're faking it and then eventually you'll make it at that point whether make it means the class is over and you did it and no one has any idea or you made it to the point where now you are motivated yourself just by acting it or playing out that that uh, persona. Um, so I think it's important to remember that we're not telling you that you have to always be on fire and always love every single second of what you're doing because I think that's unrealistic. But the passion and the care still needs to be there regardless of how you feel. And uh, I think that's that is the, the, the separator, the key part to this is that you can fake the way that you're acting, but you can't fake the way that you feel. And so you need to make sure that you genuinely care about your students and what you're doing 
and that can help fuel or push you through those tough times when you don't feel like you or you don't uh you know you don't want to be there doing that but deep down you you still care and that'll that'll help to draw out that actor or that persona that you you need to have during those classes one thing that that I used to think about when I was when I was younger and I'm a little bit closer to this than you are because well I'm younger and I did it before you did but when I was going through the ranks and our instructors a handful of them I would I would watch and they would be teaching and they'd be doing something and they'd be you know leading the class with such high energy and motivation and performing their techniques really well and doing a great job and they were there every single day I was there and they were there longer than I was they were there before me there after me as a as a kid looking up to them like they 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 were they were a superman like they they were super or superwoman i guess superman or superwoman they were a super person um in my case it happened to be men so we'll just go with superman so they were all they were all a superman to me you know they they seemed like they could do anything seemed like they could they could do every single move i ever asked or every every single move that i could ever even think of and they were always working they were always there they were they were never taking a break. They were never getting tired. And on the flip side of that, now I know it's not true, but it didn't matter because when I was a kid, that's what I saw. That's what I experienced. That's what I believed, you know, and I would see him in the grocery store and I'm like, why is he in the grocery store? What does he need groceries for? Why isn't he at the karate studio doing karate or, you know, all these other things that we, our day-to-day life that just don't seem normal. And again, I know that's not true. But as a kid, that's that's how I looked at them. That's how I viewed them. Was it was Superman? Like they they could do anything. They're invincible. They would do, be able to do all the moves and and then some. I didn't even know. And their capacity and their knowledge just was never ending. And of course, as we grow up, those things start to fade away, and we realize that they're just a person too. And and that's okay. Like that that's fine. But especially at that younger age when they're first beginning, playing that part and and being quote unquote, the best martial arts instructor in the world, having them look at us as, as a Superman, I think is very important because that gives them something to aim for, something to strive for. And they want to, they want to, you know, to do a good job, not only to uh, receive praise from you or try to live up to your expectations, but then eventually that transcends and moves on to their own expectations for themselves and their intrinsic desire to do a good job. So I just thought it was it, for me for a long time looking at at my instructors as as a superman was very powerful um again knowing now that it's not the same case I think we can still try to present ourselves as that superman or superwoman uh in efforts to motivate our students and give them something to to strive for or shoot for now I wouldn't advise wearing a cape in class but just the idea of you know being able to do everything and anything, I think, has, uh, like I said, is, is very powerful. And it is a huge motivator for students. And it helps us to personify that, that, that role of the best martial arts instructor in the world. Yeah, and you know, we, we've said this already now a couple of times, the world's best martial arts instructor, or the best martial arts instructor in the world. That doesn't mean that there's one person that is that i think that everybody has their own unique version of that so i just want to make that very clear that we're not saying we're the world's best martial arts instructor we're just want to give you the mentality of being your own best version of yourself 
by saying the world's best martial arts instructor or the best martial arts instructor in the world. That means that is that version. You are playing that part for you yourself. And however you fit into that part is the world's best martial arts instructor. That is your version of that. So again, as we say that, and it's going to, of course, happen a, a, a number more times today, there's not one person that is that. Nor are we saying that we are the world's best, like the actual world's best, like we have the trophy that to, to, to prove it. We're just saying that is a concept or a mentality we want you to be in, the best martial arts instructor in the world. Because I think what that brings to the table is the best version of you. And I think that's so important for not only you, but also for your staff, your team members, and of course, the students as well. Absolutely. You know, I, there's always room for improvement. There is someone somewhere right now who is doing something that is putting them ahead of me. And to me, that's the biggest motivation to do anything. You know, if I, I do want to become a better version of myself, but thinking to myself that there is someone somewhere doing, doing more than I'm doing right now motivates me and drives me to do more myself, to make myself better. And one of the attributes we mentioned as the best martial arts instructor in the world was humility. And I think even the idea of thinking to yourself that you are the best martial arts instructor that you can be or the best version of yourself has to be soaked in that humility and realizing that there is always room for better and you are not infallible and you cannot do everything correctly. You are not perfect. And that itself is a huge attribute or huge facet of being one of the best, I think, is that you realize that you don't have all the answers. You realize that you can do better. You realize that there is more and you have not reached your potential because it's going to keep you working and striving to be better. But then also, you know, you're not, you're not the end of the line, meaning not everything that you say is correct or will be correct. And that leaves room for you to work with other people, which is more, is more in line with being the best martial martial being the best martial arts instructor in the world than it would be to think that you have all the answers, you can do everything yourself, and that you are are the only martial arts instructor in the world. So there's always room for improvement and stay humble in that attitude of being the best martial arts instructor in the world because you are not the best. We are not the best. Um, there's always someone else and there's always more for you personally that you can grow, grow into and, and, and achieve as well. And I mentioned it earlier about seeing someone in the grocery store, but let that go beyond the karate studio. So you're not just the best martial arts instructor in the world or the best version of yourself when you're on the floor teaching martial arts. When you're at the grocery store, you're at the eye doctor, you're at the gym, you're at the the gas station, I don't know, uh, be the best person you can be. Like, do better, you know? Don't just say, oh, I'm not, I'm not playing that part right now. I'm not on the floor. I'm not, I don't have to be the best. I don't have to behave well. I don't have to have good manners. I don't have to treat, treat people other, treat other people with respect. Uh, yes, you do that, that you need to, to completely absorb that identity and do better in all facets of your life, not just the teaching floor. And I think that letting that transcend into your daily life and your everyday routine is going to make you even better on the floor because it's not just that act that you're playing for 45 minutes. It is who you are. It is what you are trying to accomplish and, and it's it's you trying to better yourself everywhere not just teaching yeah and you know when you step onto that teaching floor 
You're there for a singular purpose. Your focus is not on the day before. It's not on what you have after class. Your mind needs to be fully in the current class. When you tie your belt on and step on that teaching floor, there is no past. There is no future. There is only right now, the present. It is the only thing that matters. It doesn't matter if you got a ticket on the way to class today. It doesn't matter if you don't feel like teaching today. It doesn't matter if you got in an argument with your spouse. When you're on the teaching floor, you're there. You're in that role of the world's best martial arts instructor. You need to be energetic, caring, firm, passionate, and knowledgeable. When you're at the supermarket, like you said, somebody spots you, you need to have and maintain that same persona wherever it is that you are. You need to be as much of a role model off the floor as you are when you're on the floor. Now, of course, that is a huge challenge to try to live up to. But, and Master Kent said this already, but you need to try to maintain that same persona no matter where you are. Because if you do it, if, if it's a, a switch that you turn on and off, on and off, on and off when you're on the teaching floor versus when you're not on the teaching floor, the switch is going to break one day. And or it's just going to get flipped and you're going to accidentally say something that you shouldn't have said while you're on the teaching floor, which of course would be a concern. So just keep that switch maxed out and, and put the, put the switch away or throw it in the garbage or just maintain that full on persona the whole time, no matter where you are or who's around you. That I think is the most important part of the key aspect to making sure that that is something that you can actually live up to and attain. Yeah. I, more recently in my personal life, I've been thinking about just the simple, the simple concept of how I can do better and what better looks like and, and just being better, you know, and it's, 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 it's not a very specific thing and that is great, but also not great because I can tell myself, you know, I'm cleaning my room um, how could I do this better? How could I make it even better than, than it was last time? And of course, if I do that every single time I clean, it's going to get better and better and better and better and better and always, and always be better. And just letting that concept or that idea kind of transcend over everything. And on the teaching floor, how can you be better in your relationships? How can you be better in your personal life? How can you be better your fitness journey? How can you be better? Just trying to think of all these ways you can be better and Again, it's, it's it's a simple concept, but it's also very very vague, and it, it allows that ability to apply to everything, not just your teaching, but everything else in your life. Just have the simple goal of trying to be better. Um, it's also not better than so and so, or better than this person, or better than that person. We can look to those people for motivation, and you know help that feed the desire to do better. But it never should be a comparison between me and someone else. The only comparison should be between myself and yesterday or 10 minutes ago. Well, I'm not happy with how that class went. Okay, moving on to the next class. How can I do better? Great. Let's let's do that and, and move on. Or, you know, yesterday I, I wasn't happy with how I did this. So how can I do better today? Okay, now I have a plan. Let's go out and let's be better. So not comparing yourself and being better than everyone else around you, but being a better version of yourself um, will help. To, to keep that switch on when you're teaching, but also off, or sorry, off the floor. Keep it on when you're teaching and on as you're off the floor doing other things as well. Just thinking to yourself how you can do better um, than you had done before.
And, you know, I think a part of that, and this goes with being humble as well, but being able to ask somebody on the outside or somebody else that, of course, isn't you to say, hey, how do you think that went? Do you think I could have done that better? Or how, how do you think you would have done? Or do you think you would have done something different or, or tried a different method or, or, or a different strategy or whatever those things are? Because sometimes we can ask those questions to ourselves and we can fill in the blank with whatever the answer is to make ourselves happy, but it isn't necessarily always the best answer for those. So be humble enough to ask other people for input. And of course, that means you have to be open and accepting when they actually give you the input. So don't ask for input and then get mad when somebody says, yeah, I think you did that wrong and you could probably could have done it better. And maybe they could have delivered that differently to you. Fair. But whatever the feedback is, you have to be open and willing to accept and hear whatever that feedback is. And if you have a good team, then hopefully it's coming from a good place. You know, you need to also be careful of who you're asking that input from. If you already have someone that you know you have a strained relationship with or you have a not so great relationship with, maybe asking them to tear you apart isn't the smartest idea. Um, but go to someone that you trust or someone that whose opinion that you value or that you know is going to be honest and and give you that constructive feedback rather than just trying to, to tear you down. Uh, I think it's important as well. But to your point, yeah, if you're going to ask for feedback, you need to be, be prepared to accept it and then be ready to work on whatever it is they say. And, you know, even if that means they say something and it, it really makes you upset, being able not to react in that moment, but to take some time to think about what they said and then do that honest evaluation of yourself and say, oh, well, they said I was doing this. Let me think back and, and, and try to come up with scenarios where that happened. And you might find you do think back and say, oh, well, they were right. That happened in the situation and I didn't see that or I didn't notice that or I wasn't aware of that. And then being able to work on that, but then, you know, not exploding on someone or, or coming back at them for their honest opinion or their, their, their feedback, you know, and even in the, the hardest part I think is when you're not asking for that feedback, someone can give you feedback. Maybe you ran a class and you thought it was fantastic, but then someone says, Hey, I think this could have been better or you should have done this, blah, blah, whatever. It, maybe it was an awesome class, but there's still that room to do better. And in that moment, you didn't ask for the feedback that gave it to you anyways. And again, if you have a good team, hopefully it's coming from a good place. But again, being able to step back, look from the outside and say, they were right. I could have done this to help us go better or whatever. And then keeping that communication open and, and being less defensive about those things and actually evaluating what happened is going to continue to help you grow in being able to absorb that feedback and turn it into something positive and, and doing doing better with that. As the best martial arts instructor in the world, you need to be able to articulate your information in a way that everybody in your class can comprehend. You need to be able to paint a picture in their head with your explanations. Speak in clear, concise statements. Know what you're going to say before you start talking. That way you're not figuring it out as you're speaking. As we're teaching, we need to be able to animate our voice. If you're teaching and talking in a monotone voice, your students will be falling asleep on the floor. You need to be able to keep their interest by changing the volume and the tonality of your voice. Again, being the mar best martial arts instructor in the world is like being a stage performer. You need to be energetic, engaging, and amusing. And we're going to come back to amusing in just a minute. But your 
Best way to do this is with your voice. Use your body language and your voice so they match. You need to be up, active, and moving around. If you're standing in one place or even sitting down, you're not going to be able to see your students. You're not going to be able to make the corrections or to give them praise. Being up and moving around, being mobile in your class is a big part of acting that role of the best martial arts instructor in the world. If you think about you are the director of the show, your students are the the characters in the show, and then the parents are the audience, you need to be able to put on a play or production that is good enough for them to give you money to come watch it again. You need to be able to put on a production enough that makes the actors in the play want to come back and continue to act in the play as well, not quit because they didn't have fun or it wasn't, you know, wasn't interesting to them. So as the director of that play, in that example, you set the stage, you set the tone, you, you are in control of that whole situation. And then the parents, the audience just gets to sit back and watch their kid perform in your play. And again, I, I talked about being amusing. And I think being amusing is tough for me anyways, because being amusing means you have to tell jokes or you have to be funny. And I don't think I'm inherently funny and I don't tell the best jokes. Lots of times I tell a joke and Master Ken just looks at me like I probably should have stopped talking 10 words ago, but I, I kept going because I thought the joke was funny myself. Like right now? Like right now. I don't know if that's a joke or not, but yeah. So well, did, you, did you expect me to laugh at that? I did not. No. Okay. Well, I didn't. Okay. Well, you don't laugh at 90% of my jokes. Though, so uh, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I laughed the first time, but when I've heard it 50 times, then I stopped laughing. Yes. And, and that's another thing as well. And, and that'll, we'll, we'll put that next on, on the board here. But being amusing means you have to be from time to time lighthearted and tell a joke or let the students crack a smile so they are having fun. Sometimes you'll get the odd student, and I'm this way, that just likes doing the moves and will stand in the corner and do moves until you tell them the class is over. They'll do the same move. I'll, I'll go and stand in the corner and do one, one sequence of moves or one move for 45 minutes. You can check on me once, tell me, okay, good, or nope, fix this. Okay, I'll just keep going over and over and over again, and that's fine for me. But the majority of people, majority of your students, I would say, are probably not like that. So keeping a lighthearted, uh, amusing aspect to your class, I think, is important. And part of that, because we talked about, like, for example, white belts, you teach that same class over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Sometimes you have a joke that works at white belt level and you tell it that one time and it went over awesomely. And so each time that class comes back around, you tell that same joke over again, as long as it doesn't get out of dated or it doesn't go out of style or get outdated. You just keep telling that same story over and over again. And that's where you might laugh and chuckle because the students are laughing and chuckle, but the rest of your staff is looking at you like, man, I told that same joke over again. I've heard it so many times. It's not even funny, but to you, it's a little funny. And if you get the students engaged and they're laughing and having a good time, then it, it was worth it. Yeah, I think it's a perfect example of what we've been talking about, too, is every class has to be new and exciting for someone. And for those kids, that joke is new and exciting. For us, we're sick of it, and we're shaking our head at you because we're tired of you making the same joke. But 
those kids have never heard the joke before. It's the funniest thing in the world. So that's, that, that again is a great example of how everything is brand new for, for everybody. And you need to be able to keep that engaging, um, for the new people, even if it's not engaging for you. And as you're talking now to the adding the aspect of amusement into it and cracking a joke every once in a while, it reminds me of something that, uh, Mr. Brummett would say to me as, as he was teaching me and, and, and helping me learn how to be a good instructor is that we want them, we want our students to be sweating. We want them to be smiling. We want them to be learning. So as long as they are sweating, smiling, and learning, those are three good key signs of a great class that they're being active and using their bodies, but they're having a good time. And maybe you're cracking the jokes every once in a while. They're just, they're really into what's going on and they're enjoying it. They're smiling and, and then they're also learning the material they need to learn and developing the skills that we want them to develop, not only the martial arts skills, but also the positive character development skills as well. But those three words, the sweating, smiling, and learning, I think about that often. And if I can check those three boxes, then, you know, it's a good class. It's a, it's a good time. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's a good key to, to bring it to. Yes. When you're demonstrating a new movement, you need to be able to try to keep their attention. And part of that is those things we've already talked about, but along with those things, trying to match your voice pitch or your tonality, you need to know when to pause to put extra emphasis on, on what you're teaching. And putting those pauses in, I think, is a key point because if you pause at the right time, that will add so much more emphasis on whatever it is that you're trying to say. So if you have a difficult movement that you're teaching to the students, Firstly, let them know, hey, listen, guys, this is a challenging move. Okay, so I'm going to make sure that you guys are paying attention as I'm demonstrating this, okay, because this is where lots of people mess up. Okay, everybody watching, watching. All right, right here. And I wasn't even doing moves. If you're watching this on video, if you're just listening, that's okay, too. I use the pause to try to put the emphasis on the key point, the spot that I know where the problem area is. And I doing that over again throughout the number of classes that I've done this, putting the pause. And of course, you might have to tweak and change the pause placement as you go. But putting that pause into your teaching, I think is really important because it really lets the students know where the emphasis is as you're teaching. I think it also helps to, like you said, to hold on to their attention. I don't know about you, but if I'm listening to music or something or a podcast and then it just stops, I'm immediately looking for my phone to like, oh, what's going on? Am I getting a phone call? Did the, did the, did the audio just pause it to stop working or whatever? And you know, when you're used to hearing someone talk it and then they just pause, you get, you get concerned, you get, it, it peaks your attention. So I think that, you know, again, to take that outside of the, 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 the mat out of the karate studio to real life examples, I think it's, we can all relate to that when, there's a lot, of, a lot of noise going on, and then there's suddenly not any noise. You're immediately looking and trying to figure out what's happening and what's going on. So that, that too, can be a big factor in, in, in keeping their attention. Or if while you're talking, you lost their attention, it might be a great way to draw them back in to hear that important information. Right, and along with the pauses, using your voice inflection correctly will be able to help you to correctly emphasize the movements that you're teaching. Voice inflection will also help to encourage your students and to keep them motivated. Doing this will help both keep your students' attention and help them to recall the information while they're practicing. Because if you 
are explaining something and you do it in a very animated way, as your students are performing that move, they're going to be able to think back of how you did that or the phrase that you used or the, the goofy body language that you did. And that will help them to recall or to remember that information as well. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I think that's a, a good overview and a good dive into what it means to be the best martial arts instructor in the world. Uh, before we wrap up here, Master Bean, could you give us a quick recap of, 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 of what it means to be the best martial arts instructor in the world and also how we can work to become that person? Yeah. So again, while you're on the teaching floor, you're there for a singular purpose. Your focus is not on the day before, not on what you have after the class. Your mind needs to be fully in that current class. When you step on the teaching floor, it's like you're stepping onto a stage and you are a stage performer in the role of the world's best martial arts instructor. And whatever that means to you is different for everybody. Everybody's going to have their own different best martial arts instructor in the world. You be your own version of that. And being your own version of that partly is coming up with a list of qualities of qualities that you want to possess or that you want to have while you're on the teaching floor. And while you're on the teaching floor, do your best to show those qualities, build that characteristic database while you're on the teaching floor, but also be able to take that persona of the world's best martial arts instructor from the teaching floor to every other aspect that you are in your life. That way you are the same inside and out and you're as much of a leader on the floor as you are off the floor. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Definitely something to work on and, and strive for, not only here in our personal studio, but for other people and in our personal lives as well. So that was a great, uh, great recap there and something we all can work toward. Do you have any uh, last minute thoughts on being the best martial arts instructor in the world? Yeah, again, just to hit this home again. There is no one answer for this. There's, I don't think there's a one best world's best martial arts instructor in the world. There's not one. That's not a title. I don't think that somebody can have. It's not in the Guinness Book of Records to say, oh, yeah, this person is the best martial arts instructor in the world. You can't have that trophy unless you make it yourself. It's not somebody. Somebody's not going to grant you that trophy and it be worldwide recognized. Understand that this is your own version of this for yourself. You make this quality list and then you try to live up to those standards. And then as you reach those, increase them. And so you're ever benefiting yourself and, of course, your students as well. Yes, sir. I'd be interested to hear what anyone listening would describe as the best martial arts instructor in the world. And I mean, ideally, I would love to get a good list from some people and add some of those attributes or characteristics to my own list and give me something else to strive to. So as always, we can be found on the social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and YouTube. And uh, you can find us on all of those at MA Teaching Tactics, MA for Martial Arts Teaching Tactics. Again, that is MA Teaching Tactics. Until next time, I'm Chris Bean. And I'm Chris Kent.